Hello and welcome to the Work of All Being podcast. I'm Amy from The Wellness Strategy and I'm your host and sometimes just the person you're going to listen to talk. We have a range of episodes. If you haven't already dived into those, please go ahead and do so. But what this podcast really is about is giving you insights into different things that support well-being that perhaps we don't always think of. We have a range of guests who are going to broaden our understanding and experience on what well-being actually looks like, especially in the workplace. And I too will be sharing with you tips, insights, strategies, and just my overall thinking and ramblings. So hang out with us as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if there's anything you want me to speak of or a guest you want me to interview, absolutely let me know because this is the work of well-being, which means all of us are here together to do the work that matters most so you can have a thriving, fulfilling life both in and out of the workplace. Hello, wonderful people. How are you? Uh, Jumping in for another episode, and this is essentially part two to the episode I did a few weeks back on I think I called it a controversial topic in terms of how we need to rethink school holidays. And um, I'm going to call this part two of that controversial conversation uh, because it is a little bit of a delicate and interesting and sometimes loose area to talk about. I had so much feedback from that episode, though. So many of you reaching out um, because as many of you will know, my podcasts are also articles that I publish on LinkedIn or sometimes go out as newsletters just for different modalities in terms of people being able to connect with that conversation. And the the feedback and the engagement was quite um, more significant than I anticipated actually and really positive. I think the essence of what I was sharing, if you didn't catch the episode and um, if you haven't, go back, it's probably only two episodes behind this one, uh, was around really understanding that we have long before COVID in the education system had this ability to work flexibly. And that's what holidays are, right? They're not an opportunity for us not to work because as educators, we know we're always working in holidays. Um, But it really is an opportunity to work flexibly depending on how we engage with them because they are loose in terms of restrictions, requirements, expectations. It's almost like every 10 weeks, we get this two week period where we can work from home, work overseas, work intensely during term time and then not work if that's what you choose. But it's it's an opportunity to do so many things. And I want to talk a little bit more about that today. Uh, but first, I want to share with you a conversation my partner and I had with some friends over the weekend. So my partner is also a teacher. Uh, he and I have been teaching since uh, in the education space really since 2008. Um, I started as a learning support teacher and um, he and I both out of school studied teaching and then went into uh, teaching and leadership and not together. He's from Northern Ireland. I, I, we, we haven't spent our whole lifetime teaching in the same school at all. No, no. Um, but we are both educators. And we were talking to some friends over the weekend about this and he was saying uh, how on Saturday he spent the day working and he wasn't grumbling about that. He wasn't whinging about it. He was just saying, you know, Amy was away doing some things with her brother. And so um, I spent the day working. Our friends were asking what we'd been up to. And he said, yeah, I got heaps of assessment marked and I did heap of th- a heap of things. And, um, and I can't remember how the next piece of the conversation came up, but he said, oh, I didn't, I'm not doing it because I have too much work to do. I'm doing it because I basically left at three o'clock every day this week with the kids because I had some extra running and swimming and and things I wanted to do. So it's been, he said, it's been really good. You know, I've been able to leave um, early-ish and go and do a few things. And then I've caught up today on a Saturday and it suited me really well. And our friend, 
she looked at us both and said, that is such an incredible, flexible work arrangement you have. She said, how amazing to be able to do that. Uh, and then we continued the conversation around expectations following COVID. Both of our friends work uh, in government and one of them now has to be in the office four days a week and one of them now has to be in the office 50% over a fortnight and they can decide what that looks like. But what was shared was how um, in their work settings, you know, there are discussions around flexible hours between seven and seven and being able to pick and choose. However, if you work outside that nine to five or if you're not on at, say, midday or whatever it might be, there are questions, there is judgment, there is, oh, what are you doing? Why aren't you here? And so it was really interesting to observe her comment on the education space, you know, nothing about what we normally hear in terms of, oh, but you get all these holidays or how good for you to be able to clock off at three o'clock, but a real understanding that actually that's flexibility. That's flexibility in our profession. And I think to have someone else just instantly recognize what that is, was a really beautiful moment in knowing that this narrative is shifting and that this is how we re-educate society, that they uh, can connect to the fact that, no, we don't switch off at three o'clock. We just have this flexible um, working arrangement built in to our a trust and autonomy with the profession and what we do. And we need to understand that too. Uh, now, I know that, that depending on what state you're in and perhaps system or country or wherever you are, it may be a little bit differently. It may be a little bit different or work differently. But as mentioned in last episode, you know, we do have this ability to have autonomy over our time in, especially in that example. But what I wanted to unpack today was why we need these term breaks um, and how to put a little bit more context around them in terms of well-being and how to perhaps move away from seeing them as an absolute opportunity to rest and recover because you've let yourself hit rock bottom in week 10 and also why we shouldn't be counting down to holidays from day one. <laughs> so we know we have these term breaks. Even I still call them holidays sometimes and I really want to shift to calling them term breaks for us and this opportunity to work from home. We could even call them work from home time, right? So we have this two-week work from home term break, which is beautiful, and we actually as educators need it because we work intensely for a 10-week period and our system isn't yet designed to support us well, to feel like we have everything we need to get through that term period, which means we are constantly resourcing, differentiating, pivoting and changing things as we go. And that's part of the job too, because as an educator, we can't plan a full 10-week block, although I do think about when I started teaching and you had to hand in your 10-week planner. I think some places still do that. Um, but And maybe an overview is appropriate, absolutely. We can definitely do an overview and a skeleton. But we're always going to be using time within each week and the term to change things for our students because we just don't know how students are going to grasp things. I mean, we can have a fair guess because we know them well, but there are inevitably going to be things we have to tweak or change. And then let's also acknowledge that schools are a place of disruption. Things don't often go to plan. Uh, things are you know, changed or we have we have interruptions we weren't expecting or were, we were expecting. Um, a, another teacher, a friend of mine, was telling me that they haven't worked. It's week four for them. So including this week for coming, they haven't had a normal Friday on their timetable. And that's not their school's fault. You know, they were saying they've had some PD and then there have been some other interruptions. And so it's a combination of both um, them doing things and then school interruptions. But just to highlight that four Fridays in a row have been a disruption uh, for students and themselves. And this is the nature of uh, how we operate and function because 
as much as we want to keep things within control and within certainty, this is part of it, this need to be flexible and adaptive and, and change no matter what's going on. Now, because of this, we put increased pressure on our cognitive load and capacity. We put increased pressure on how we use and maximize time. We put increased pressure on our ability to be agile and move and flow. And with this comes a level of emotional and mental, I don't want to use the word stress, but like draining of us that when we get to term break, we feel like we need a rest because we haven't been able to press pause. Now, I want to highlight two things here. The first one is this is actually not a sustainable way to live. And this is why we are seeing teachers leave the profession because it is too hard to maintain that level of intensity across a 10 week period and then have this two week break and expect to come back and do it all over again. We just are simply not designed to be on like that all of the time. The second thing I want to highlight here is that this actually is an opportunity for us to consider in term time, are we starting off really well, but then slowly, slowly dropping and then basically just trying to survive to week 10? This also is not sustainable. And this is why I really want to encourage you, if you are someone that's like, good morning on Monday of week 10 and uh, someone, and then you say to someone, only nine weeks and four days to go, whatever it might be, and, or you know, in week seven, someone says to you, hey, how are you going? And they're like, and you're like, great, three weeks to go. What you are sending to your mind is a message of, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get to week 10. I am coping. I am hanging in there. I am doing everything I can. We need to shift this mindset. We need to shift this understanding because we don't want to be counting down to holidays every term. And what does that say to our students? We'd rather be somewhere else. Now, I know that's not intentionally what you mean or what the person saying it to you means, but this can be part of the messaging even in our subconscious. And so we have to look at not just surviving to week 10 or starting well and then kind of chugging along and then completely running out of fuel altogether. We have to understand that in order to maximize term breaks, both mentally, emotionally, or all mentally, emotionally, physically, and also um, for work and cognitive function and capacity, we actually have to maintain a certain level of well-being. So that, that set point that I call it, that point of calm, that point of equilibrium. Now, of course, there are going to be things across the term that pull us up from that and that pull us down from that. And this is where we've got to build our well-being toolkit. We've got to build our toolkit of things that we do on a daily basis. So our daily habits, our weekly habits, knowing what our non-negotiables are and knowing what those kind of emergency strategies are that we might need when we, we need to address something. So, you know, for me, my daily non-negotiables are things like movement, um, drinking water before coffee, um, making sure I get sunshine, really organizing my day well and then finishing with a reflection going over everything and setting up for the next day and then if I feel like I'm depleted because I've had a few intense things happen over a number of days and I notice my energy teetering then for me what really helps is going into a space of actually solitude so removing myself from people not talking to people for a little while not humaning in that space um, really resting and nourishing it could look like having a sauna it could look like last night for example I just laid on the couch for two hours I didn't even watch tv I just laid there um, resting my body letting my mind and body rest um, it could like going for a hike in nature so I know that I need to these are kind of my emergency things when I'm like I really need this right now I don't do this all the time I would be it would be completely inappropriate for me to be like I can't people and I'm going into solitude um, for three days or inevitably, like that's just, that's not the level of function that we're looking at, but it's knowing what do you need? And it may be completely different for you and that's absolutely okay. But this is why 
we need to rethink these term breaks in regards to actually having them as the emergency tool. They are not the emergency tool. They are a time for us to be able to, yes, rest and replenish, but also tackle some of those tasks that we know are going to help us as we move into the term. This could be in your personal life or work life. This could be about knowing you've got to get things organized in the home. You've got life admin appointments to do. Maybe you are going on a little bit of a breakaway somewhere, but it also could be uh, planning and prep, doing your unit overviews, um, doing your looking at scope and sequences, creating resources, differentiation, starting your reports, uh, meeting with your team. It could be a whole bunch of stuff. And so we still need energy in that time to get two term breaks completely depleted and then have to have two weeks to recover while still trying to do some of these things and then think you can come back at 100% at the start of the term is just not the reality of how we are. So whilst we need these term breaks because we do work intensely across a term, they shouldn't be the survival strategy. So I want to invite you now to consider, are you using your term breaks to survive? And if so, what can you change within the term to make sure that that isn't your normal? I also want to invite you if you're a leader and if you notice in your school this midterm dip and end of term um, completely hitting the floor type pattern that I see often or hear of often, to start to ask yourself, why is that happening? What is going on? Because we want to alleviate and eliminate this as much as possible. We don't want to be getting to end of term and have staff hanging on by a thread, waiting desperately to have that term break so that they can reconnect and replenish because they're not going to maximize that time that's given to them. They're going to come back already counting down to holidays because they don't feel like they've filled their cup for lack of a better expression. And we actually want them to be and you want to be functioning in both your mental, so your cognitive capacity and emotional capacity, as well as having energy for your physical space, because we need all of these components at working and cogs turning. So that's my invitation for you in this episode as we talk again in this controversial conversation around holidays. They are not the survival strategy. They are not the well-being strategy. They are not the solution to feeling depleted or having stressed staff. We actually need to reconsider what it is we're doing in term time, both in, both individually and collectively, start to look at it in terms of daily habits, daily functioning, and also systems and what our staff are experiencing on the ground so we can address, again, the cause, not symptom. Now, what I also would like to invite you to consider is if this is a space for you, next year I'm opening doors to the Teacher Wellbeing membership and this is going to be a space where we can talk about this, where I'm going to share with you some strategies that you can start to embed on a daily, weekly, termly basis So, or even building your emergency kit so that you don't get to this holiday space and think, oh my goodness, I just made it. Uh, we don't want this to be the normal. We don't want this to be the regular. We don't actually want to promote this. We want people to think, oh, cool, I get to have like a term break now. Isn't that nice? But also knowing they could keep going if they needed. They could continue to work. And so right now we feel like we need term breaks because we're depleting ourselves at the end of every term. It is normal to see staff do this. We bond over how tired we are. We think or say to each other, you think you're tired, you have no idea what's going on for me. And because of this, our connection is also established here and we need to flip this. We need to say, hey, this isn't normal, this isn't okay, this isn't what it should be, this isn't what teaching should be like. It is not okay to continue to sacrifice our own well-being at the benefit of having our students still thrive. And yes, they need to thrive. And yes, this needs to be part of what we're doing for them as well. But if we continue to sacrifice our own well-being, then as we're seeing, we're not going to have teachers left. We're not going to have casual teachers left. That was a new headline I saw yesterday. So there are so many 
ripples to thinking that holidays are the solution to well-being. They're not. They, they absolutely can't be anymore. This term break is an opportunity for us to dive deep into our work, to get ahead, to plan, to prep, to resource, to do some life admin stuff, to look after ourselves and to fill our cup a little bit, but it is not the answer to all the wellbeing issues that we think we're facing. So again, the membership's gonna be open. You can pop your name on the wait list for this. I'll make sure the link is in the show, show notes. And it's going to be an opportunity for you not only to learn through audio and modules, but also engage with other educators to learn from one another, to consider how you can redesign your life and your classroom space so that it supports your well-being and also supports the work that you do. Because we love the work we do as educators. We love teaching and we want to maintain that. So this is crucial to being able to thrive both in and out of the classroom. All right, lovely people, I'm going to leave you there. Um, it's been great chatting to you. And as always, please share this. Please spread the love of this podcast so we can have more educators dive in and have this conversation with us. And as always, if you need anything, please reach out. I'll see you somewhere soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It was an absolute delight to have you here. If you want to learn more about the work I do in the wellness strategy, whether it's for your own personal well-being or professional and workplace well-being, the best place to hang out with me is on LinkedIn. I share with you an immense amount of content, strategy, and information that's going to help you transform your well-being right now. So head over there. Simple LinkedIn, Amy Green. You should be able to find that. It's also in the show notes. And if you need anything else, I'm across all other social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm even trying out TikTok. So you never know where this is going to go. But thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you need anything at all, you can always send me an email. You can find me on those socials. But most importantly, just keep doing the work of well-being.